Welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey friends, Doug Addison here, and welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. I have a special guest, and he's special to God, he's special to me, and I really believe that you're going to be so blessed by what we're about to go through. This is Dr. Randy Clark on the line with us, and he's the overseer of Global Awakening, an apostolic network of churches and as well a ministry. He's one of the forerunners of Revival. He was one of the ones who was part of the Toronto Blessing, and for years he's traveled as an international speaker. He's spoken on revival, healing impartation. His message is, God wants to use you, and this man carries a mantle with him. And I know that, in fact, we were praying ahead of time that this would be a time right now where you might need to pull the car over if you're listening on the road because there's an impartation coming to you right now. Randy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Doug, for having me on the show. Yeah, uh, well, great. Why don't you tell everybody about yourself? Well, I've been in the ministry 47 years. I started out as a a young Baptist, uh, 18 years old, called to preach, and went to a Baptist college, majored in mine, took all my electives and religious studies. Went on to Southern Baptist, that was a general Baptist college, Southern Baptist Seminary, graduated at 25. At 32, I'd been ordained, uh, I believe, around 14 years and had a visitation in my Baptist church when a small team led by Blaine Cook from the Yorba Linda Vineyard came, later the Anaheim Vineyard, came to my church that radically set my life on a different course, exposed me to a level of moving in the gifts and a way of doing so in a very uh, normal way, as uh, John Wimber told me, Randy, I want you to learn how to move in the supernatural in a natural way without hype or spookiness or weirdness. And I loved what I saw, and I loved those early years, and uh, had some amazing experiences. Not only then, when I was 32 at that time, I had been called to preach, like I said, from the time I was uh, 18. I had received the gift of tongues at 19 while assistant pastor of Baptist Church and kept it a secret. <laughs> but it was so wonderful to receive the baptism of the Spirit at 32 and then again at 37 and then again at 43. And they were all different. You know, the first one, when Blaine came to my Baptist Church, it was very powerful, electrical, Immediately following, there was fruit with more healings than I'd ever seen in my life in just a matter of a month. But that wasn't as powerful as the baptism of the Spirit I received in 89 that was connected to a prophecy that when I was older, I would travel the nations, which I didn't own a passport at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one was so powerful, that baptism of the Spirit, that I was knocked to the floor and thought I, I really was afraid I'd die if the power was turned up anymore. Wow. And, uh, and then in, when I was 41 in 1993, I had another experience and was baptized in the Spirit again. But this time, it was very different. I didn't shake. I didn't feel electricity. I didn't cry. 
I just felt this tremendous peace. It actually healed me as on the verge of a nervous breakdown, healed me of that condition and the great joy that came with it. Yeah. And then uh, the next day when I went home, the Spirit of God fell in my church, and it continued to fall every week. And then that was August, and then October we had a regional meeting of the vineyard, and I spoke, and the Spirit of God fell. And every person there except one received a powerful experience of the revitalization of the Spirit, and renewing joy, laughter, drunkenness, shaking, electricity. Yeah. And that then was the reason I got invited to go to Toronto. And when I went to Toronto, the same thing happened. And the words that had come to me through a businessman in Texas uh, that God was going to use me in a world revival, and I'd end up preaching to hundreds of thousands at once, and all of that began to come true. And when he gave those words to me, I thought he was crazy. And <laughs> actually, when he sent them to me, I threw them in a waste can. Oh my. But after Toronto started, I called him, do you still have those words? I've misplaced them. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and this. it gave me tremendous faith. And you know, Doug, I know that you're prophetic. But I actually didn't like the prophetic at the time because I, I just was insecure and, and all that was going on at, at uh, Bickle's Church on the other side of the state of Missouri. And I was on, he was in Kansas City and I was in St. Louis. But the, the prophetic is what took me out of fear and took me into faith that God would use me through a prophetic word that came from that same businessman. It wasn't a prophet. And he called me at 10 o'clock at night before I'm going to Toronto the next day. He doesn't know I'm going to Toronto. He doesn't know I'm afraid, fearful that God won't use me. And his word was, Randy, I had the second most clear word I've ever had for you. And we'd known each other by then 10 years. And it was, um, test me now, test me now, test me now, as the Lord says, test me now, test me now, test me now. Uh, Don't be afraid. I will back you up. I want your eyes to be open to see my resources for you in the heavenlies, even as Elijah prayed Gehazi's eyes to be open. And do not become anxious, because when you become anxious, you can't hear me. Ah. Uh, That word changed my life and set me on a course of faith. And everything else is basically now being written in some of the church history books about revival, that the revival that resulted in that in Toronto. And I believe what God was doing with Rodney, with me and John, John Kilpatrick and Steve Hill, the evangelist was all part of one great big revival, and including what was going on in Argentina with Claudio Friesen. Right. I personally don't see him as independent moves of God, but one huge move of God, one of the largest in the century. Yeah, actually, the, probably the last known big move we've had in North America that affected the entire world. Yeah, I was shocked, but I was also expecting a lot, but not that much. He yeah. did exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think. <laughs> wow, and that's my, our God. I love that. I just, I, and I, I just want your listeners to know that I want the things that we talk about and the marvelous things, the, the miracles, the healings, are meant to bring glory to the name of Jesus, who died at the cross, raised from the dead, and ascended to the Father's right hand, and from there poured out the Holy Spirit, and the new covenant was infected and because of that, the gifts of his grace, the gifts of power are available to the church today. And as those things occur in the life of the, the church and the world sees that it, it brings glory to his name and to the Father. Absolutely. Now, because you're, a, um, you're unusual, you're the Baptist first, you know, and, and then this powerful infilling of the Holy Spirit. 
So that means, to me, I joke around, that means you really know the Bible if you were a Baptist. And uh, But you're talking about being filled more than once. Now, some of our listeners might not understand that. Well, it's biblical, and it's in church history, and it's experiential as well. The people I know, for example, Heidi Baker, powerfully, powerfully touched in Toronto. But I think either the night after she was saved in the morning, that night she was baptized in spirit. And in her case, she'd spoken tongues then, which I have no problem with that at all. I thank God for everyone who has. That is their experience. I think it's a valid experience and biblical experience. But then in Toronto, she was touched again, filled again, and began to see more than she had ever seen in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, Leif Hetland was a charismatic Baptist. He already spoke in tongues. But he had never moved in the gifts of healing. And after he was touched in Haugesund, Norway, when I prayed for him, prophesied over him, he was knocked to the floor for two and a half hours, shook violently, and um, began to see moving all the gifts of the Spirit. And like Heidi, he too has led over a million people to the Lord since then. And the great preponderance of those salvations is related to the work of the power of the Spirit and healing in his life. So, you know, I think of this missionary from Honduras. I was at a Pentecostal church, Assemblies of God Church in uh, Oklahoma City. And this guy, I prayed for about 30 pastors and missionaries. And I couldn't have told you which one got touched the most. But I found out, I think it was just two months later, or it could have been up to 10 months. I get him confused now because it was several years ago. But it was just a matter of months later, it was less than a year. This guy who is already a Pentecostal, already spoken tongues, already had a theology of healing. Nothing about his belief system changed. But in that experience, and he had been a missionary for 30 years in Honduras, after that experience, when he went home, he saw more healings in just those few months and more miracles and more people saved than the whole 30 years combined. Wow. So, not only do I believe that you can have more than one baptism in the Spirit or be, have more than one filling of the Spirit, which those terms are used synonymously in the Scriptures, I believe that one of the later experiences can actually be even more powerful than the earlier experience of being baptized or filled with the Spirit. Yeah, and now it produces different things for, for certain seasons of your life and things like that. Yes. You know, the one just somebody said, well, give me a Scripture. Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. When they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues as the Spirit of God enabled them, most of those would have been present in Acts 4 when the church cries out that uh, God would make them bold in their preaching of the gospel and that they're crying out and he'd release signs and wonders. And the place where they were at was shaken and they proclaimed the word of God with boldness as the Spirit enabled them. And so they were present. On Pentecost, but again, they were all filled with the Spirit again. So this is the second filling of the Spirit. It's the exact same words as used in Acts 2. Now, we know that means the same thing as to be baptized in the Spirit, because we know that Pentecost is the fulfillment of that prophecy that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, as we're talking now, I'm realizing, and I had shared this before we got into the interview But I'm realizing now that my first touch with you and with your message was actually an infilling of the Holy Spirit, even though I had been baptized by the Holy Spirit in 1988 at my kitchen table, and I began to speak in tongues and begin to move. 
1994, when I went to a meeting and you and John Arnott came to the San Francisco area and you were speaking and bringing the Toronto blessing to a group of Chinese churches, and I was there, and I got filled. I got a, that's all I could say is I got an unfilling of the Holy Spirit in 1994 that then went on and took me to this next level of what I'm doing right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, your message that it really changed me was coming out of the bunkhouse and knowing, in other words, moving from being a servant to a son and a daughter. And and people who know my message now hear that when I talk about it. Now you know where that came from. It was that meeting. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite messages on the grace of God, the prodigal son and his father. You know, the enemy wants you to stay in the bunkhouse. You can go home, go back to God. But he wants to keep you bound in shame and feeling unworthy being up at the main house sitting next to the father and especially letting him play with you and use you. Yeah, it's so much fun. And I love being around you and your ministry has been a blessing to me over the years. And so one of the things that I just observed we've talked about a little bit is uh, is about the gifts of the spirit and the new moves of God. Is there something that you can share about that? Well, this. uh understanding better uh, the relationship of how the gifts work together and how the, the revelational gifts either increase our measure of faith or can even increase and bring about the gift of faith. And then that, in turn, releases the gifts of power. And it's like a chain event, a cause effect. I, I love to teach on that. I love seeing that what God is doing across nations. Right now, Doug, I had the opportunity and had for several years to speak in the largest Baptist churches, traditional like Southern Baptist churches in the nation of Brazil. And the the largest one's about 16,000 average attendance. And as a result of what God's doing there, and they're not part of the charismatic Baptist convention, but the traditional Baptist convention. And but God is moving there. And they've opened up the doors to four or five of the largest Baptist churches in Brazil. And I go in and teach on gifts of the Spirit and on healing and impartation. And uh, I'm excited about that. Recently got to teach the the denomination, been cessationist since the Reformation in the Netherlands and Holland, a Reformed denomination about the gifts of Spirit and about healing. And, And then God opened up the door for me to be able to have a really significant impact upon uh, the Catholic Church in America and several several other priests and some other seminary professors. And so I have a new book coming out just March of this year called A Handbook on the Gifts of the Spirit. And the other author is Dr. Mary Healy, who's a professor of the Sacred Scriptures at Detroit, Michigan, the seminary there for the train of young Catholic priests. And uh, she's the head of the doctrinal for doctrine anyway, of the charismatic Catholic renewal for the world in the Catholic Church. And what I'm so excited about is we discovered, as we talked, that the three major viewpoints within Protestantism of the gifts of the Spirit are similar to the three major viewpoints in Catholicism, and that she and I could write about these subjects and have so much in agreement, and we are hoping that this book will help be used of God to cause an even greater unity of love and unity of respect in the things of the Holy Spirit, that it won't be seen as uh, amongst Catholics. Well, that's a Pentecostal issue. That's not a Catholic issue. And the depth 
of her studies to be able to go back throughout, you know, the 20 centuries of church history and talk about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm very excited about the book, and her part added to my part made the book even much richer, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, this is, and I don't know if you understand what he's saying here, this this is major crossover, and this is bringing the understanding of how God can flow into the area of the Baptists, into the Catholics, and into all areas, which we saw in the last one of the moves of God, and previously where it became, you know, with John Wimber and Peter Wagner. Now, is there some connection that you have with that during that move back in the 80s? Yeah, when I first met John Wimber, it was January 84, James Robinson Bible Conference. And the first time and second time I met him, John told Blaine Cook he heard the audible voice of God speak to him. First two times we met. And I have a, I, at that time, I had a very small Baptist church in a village of 120 people. Nothing in the natural would, would have, except the Holy Spirit's divine revelation, would have given John the any idea to think this, because he heard it audibly, a voice of God said, one day I'm going to send him around the world. I'm going to use him to activate and stir up gifts of the Spirit, and people will be baptized or filled with the Spirit. And uh, 10 years later, when Toronto happened, John Wimber called me and told me, Randy, what God told me about you 10 years ago it starts now. And by the way, because of that, John Wimber then asked me when I was present to be like his shadow with him in the meetings and ask him questions afterwards. And I just thought he did that a lot. But Blaine told me, no, he did that because of what he had heard. And he was sowing into you. And, and then he asked me to come on the Council of the Vineyard Movement, which I did in 84, first part of 85, maybe, and for several years, and was a part of the vineyard, actually, until 2001, when I resigned my vineyard church. And I started the first vineyard in Illinois and the second vineyard in Missouri. I resigned that church in St. Louis area and moved halfway across the United States to Pennsylvania, at which time there was no vineyard here. And at that time, I felt like that God had moved me to where a lot of my relationships now and friends were outside the vineyard, and most of my influence now was outside the vineyard. And so at that time, I left the vineyard movement, and people had asked me if I'd help them start their new movement, and I didn't feel like I was led to do that. I was kind of disillusioned. And then because of Heidi Baker giving me a prophecy that she said was in Ludenscheid, Germany, of another apostolic leader there named Walter Heidenreich, who has a great ministry all over Asia and Mongolia and Germany. And, but anyway, Heidi was praying. She leaned up. She's crying. She looked at me and she said, Randy, God says you're like a man and you've gone all over the world and have gotten women pregnant on every continent. And then you abandon your children because you're afraid of responsibility. Now, I know she's speaking metaphorically. She did, too. But that's exactly what was true, because, Doug, I had been asked by pastors in Russia and pastors in Europe and pastors in Brazil and Argentina and Caribbean area and the United States if I would give them covering, become like their apostolic leader. And I'd been for six months and I'd been telling them all, no, I don't want that responsibility. No, I don't want that responsibility. So when this word came, it changed me. I actually wept, and I said, God, I really don't think I'm qualified to do this, and I was afraid I'd fail, but I have faith in you, and if you feel like this is what I'm supposed to do, then I will do it. And I told Bill Johnson that word, gave it to him, and then later, just shortly afterwards, he said, you know that word that Heidi Baker gave you? And I said, yes. 
it ricocheted off you and hit me. And I'm going to start a network of churches as well, as did I. So two networks of churches and ministries actually came from one prophetic word, which was true. It was really right on. So to answer your question, I have been influenced by Vineyard. I feel like I want to represent the influence that I gained from John Wimber, uh, his value for the whole church, his desire to want to cross denominations, his desire to want to see people feel his desire to equip the saints, his desire to uh, have models that the average person can use. You know, that's not you don't have to be on a platform. All of that in my ministry is directly related to Wimber, and I'm not ashamed to say so. And and uh, I think that, you know, John would be pleased that after he has gone on to his reward that I continued to grow in my own understanding. And even though that's where my foundational roots are and cut my teeth in the, the vineyard movement, I have also continued to grow and hopefully am doing better than I was. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully my teachings uh, more balanced than it was. And I think John, if he was alive today, he would have more balance. Not that he wasn't balanced, but he had had, because he was one thing I loved about him. He was always growing, always studying, always wanting to become better than what he was. And that's my desire as well. And wow. I think yeah. that uh, anyone who's heard me speak would recognize that, uh, yes, I have been influenced by the kingdom theology of George Eldon Ladd that affected Wimber. Yeah. Now, the Baptist uh, George Eldon Ladd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was the part of what helped launch the Vineyard Movement, by the way, for those that don't know. And I was part of the Vineyard Movement early on as well. But so now from this prophetic word, and I love the fact that, you know, it ricocheted off you and it hit Bill Johnson, which shows everybody you, know, you could pick things up by faith, you know, and you did something to activate it. And so you eventually started Global Awakening in Pennsylvania. Maybe tell us a little bit about that. When we started the ministry of Global Awakening, we moved here with uh, three people on staff. It was in 2001, in the uh, latter part of uh, August. We now have around 54 staff persons not including volunteer or interns. Our ministry has grown to what we were doing. We're continuing to do that, but we, you know, we develop training materials that's both online certification programs like the healingcertification.com, the propheticcertification.com. We have, I've written about 40, some odd 43 books, I think now, and training manuals and we still work in renewal, but most of the time now, I personally am either doing our conference. We have two major conferences, one on prophecy and one on apostolic, or going and doing training schools that are three to four days long on healing, primarily healing and deliverance, our gifts of the Spirit, or revival. There's different subjects. We had a brainchild to establish something to verify healings, and I donated scores of thousands of dollars to help get that started, and they set up their own board now. I'm totally independent of me, which I wanted it to be. It's called Global Medical Research Institute, ran by a professor of mind science and psychology and stuff at Indiana University at Bloomington, Dr. Joshua Brown and his wife, Candy Brown's on the board, and Tom Jones's wife, Brenda, who has her PhD, and several doctors. And that's Exist because I value the importance of verifying healing 
to the medical field so that we can see that as our Mount Carmel. At the same time, God's caused me, I now have, in the last three years, I've hired three other young guys in their 30s that are very powerful. One of them, his name is William Wood. This guy was dying of an overdose of meth and had never heard the gospel, was an atheist, a drug addict, an alcoholic, 20 years old, and a bright light shined in his room the night he was supposed to be dying. His kidneys have already shut down. A being stepped out of the light. He sees a river, a vision of a river flowing across his bed. And the angel, the Lord, that's what we think it was, said to him, when you believe that Jesus is the Christ, these waters, is the, like the living waters, John seven thirty seven, will bring healing to your body and salvation to your soul. Something to that order. I'm trying to paraphrase him. Well, this guy now, and, and he was instantly healed that night, walked out of the hospital the next day and just began pursuing God. He has a powerful, powerful preaching, teaching gift, just amazing things happening. Another young guy, just 31, named Justin Allen from the, William is from Alabama. Justin, I think, was from Florida. Both of them felt like God said, move up here, go to our school, which they did for two years and then became an intern for a year. And he's prophetic and very, very powerful and a great teacher and preacher. And then Paul Martini traveled with me as my personal assistant and intern and then consultant for four years. He was my first, actually, on-staff intern after Will Hart, who Heidi Baker needed him, so I gave him away to Heidi. And the year I gave Will away, these three guys, well, those two, and then my present intern is only 21, named Brian, who's extremely prophetic in getting very accurate words of knowledge. It's just uh, amazing to me. Paul is probably ministry more similar to mine than the others in the sense he was with me for so long, wired more like me. And so now we have all myself and these three, all of us traveling, all of us full time. And God's using all. I'm so excited that our ministry is in the education and in training. Everything we do is really, Doug, about training the saints, equipping the saints for the work of ministry from the online schools, the certification programs, the three-day schools, the four-day schools, the renewal meetings we do. It's all about encouraging the lay people that our job as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Yeah, and now, if you're not aware of this, they actually see a very large number of miracles happen, healings, creative miracles, and particularly out on the road or particularly out, uh, you know, in international. And there's, I tell you, people tell me all the time, I just got back from, you know, a trip to Brazil with Randy Clark, and I prayed for a deaf person or a blind person that got their sight back. I mean, real amazing things happen. Yeah. You know, Doug, I think we have several thousand each trip we make total get, get healed. And at least half of all the people healed happens when the team lays hands on them and prays for people who come up at the end of the meeting who are not healed from the platform. It averages about 50% of the healings. And many of those people have never prayed for anybody you know, or they've had little experience. Matter of fact, Bill Johnson says, he's, do you want to move in the more and the gifts of the Spirit and healing? Here are some things. He names off three or four of the normal things. And he says, but if you want a shortcut, go with Randy to one of his international ministry trips. And the other thing, we're seeing more in the United States than we used to. And I just came back from uh, Reading 
uh, last week and the two nights that I ministered, we know that there was approximately uh, 400 healings and of different things on each of those nights, which there's about 1,800 people there. The night Bill ministered, I did not get the count, but I saw by hands, it was was an amazing large number of people that were were healed. And so, and we just don't see it in, in Reading, but it is a place full of faith. But we're seeing it in the United States more than we used to, a lot more than we used to. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I was about to ask you is, What's going on in the U.S.? Because, you know, we know that the glory is coming back right now. You know, the part of Bob Jones' prophecies and things, that, you know, that this is, it's coming back and we're expecting it. Yeah, we're seeing things that we used to, Bill and I were talking about that. We used to name off something we'd seen, you know, metal disappearing or people getting ability to move when because of metal they couldn't and now they can, which anatomically they aren't supposed to be able to or it would be impossible, or their severe pain is gone. Um, or seeing in the United States, you know, deaf ears open, sight restored, seeing people that were having difficulty walking or couldn't walk or in severe pain, they're getting healed. We don't see as, as much percentage-wise as we do in some other places. The percentage that we're seeing is so much higher than it used to be. And so Bill and I used to say, have you seen this? And only a handful of hands would go up. And now... When we ask these types of questions, there's a lot of hands that goes up amongst the people who are at our meetings in the United States. So it, the water level for the supernatural has risen, and it's taken the whole church up with it. Yeah, or at least the ones who want who yeah. want to exactly yeah be in that boat and not jump out of it. <laughs> right, the hungry. I'm so excited for this. All right, for our listeners now. Maybe you're wondering, like, wow, I want to get this. I can't go to Brazil, or maybe I can't travel. But what do you have for us as far as resources, Randy, that could help people in the area of the gifts and healing? Yeah, there's basically three things I really highly want to recommend. One, there's a book called Healing Breakthrough, in which I talk about teachings and practices of churches that actually hinder healing. And then the second half of the book are teachings and practices that will actually help create more faith uh, because it helps people understand the ways of God, the gifts of God related to healing, such as word of knowledge, gifts of faith, uh, how the word of knowledge increases the measure of faith a person has or even causes them to experience the gift of faith. And, and then how that releases the gifts of healing and, and working of miracles. Uh, that's a great book. It's very practical. It's simple. And then I, one step further, I have a, a book called The Power to Heal. Now, I have a curriculum. We actually have three curriculums. This is just one of the three. But this is the one I would start with. You know, if I, I know pastors have said, I've done this in our small groups or Sunday school classes through our whole church, has just really created a great increase in the number of healings we're seeing in our church. But it could be done in individuals. They could say, I'm just going to buy it, and I'll use the leader's guide, and there's a eight-week videos that ties in with the lesson, and then there's a workbook. And then the people could just get the workbook and the, and the main textbook to go with it, that they'd be reading the regular book. And In it, we talk about how to flow in the gifts of healing and how to understand what God is doing, to see what the Father's doing, to be able to to hear what he's saying through 
words of knowledge and the, the different, many different ways a person can receive a word of knowledge. What is it? What's the purpose of a word of knowledge? How do you explain it to the people that are listening or the, to an individual so that they understand it and then their faith increases? That and then how to pray for the sick in a way that helps you get started if you've never done that before and how to see what God may be doing, how to interview and how to discern what's the root cause here, how do we address this? And so it's full of information and also good scriptures that roots healing in the scriptures, developing a theology of healing. And so there's many things that's there, but those are the main things. So that would be the second one. And if I was going to do like uh, the teachings, using just books and do it in my home when watching, you know, the videos and workbooks and things, that would be the first one, The Power to Heal. And I'd follow it by this book Bill and I did together called The Essential Guide to Healing. I would call mine The Power to Heal, Healing 101. I would call Essential Guide to Healing, Healing 201. And in the last book I wrote on healing is Authority to Heal. And it also has a curriculum. Just They all work alike and think it is more or less 301. It goes deeper and it answers a lot of questions that some of the other books didn't. But the Cadillac of it all, or the Mercedes, or the BMW, or the Ferrari, or the whole thing uh, for his training, would be the HealingCertification.com webpage that is a healing certification we have that, so that we can say when we go into the hospitals that we have certification, just like people who are, are not Christian uh, are not in a Christian healing modality like Reiki or therapeutic touch, which I think is very dangerous and refutes and denies most of the basic doctrines of Christianity, the worldview they're based on. So that you could go in and there's three tracks. Physical healing is one. Inner healing is the second. And deliverance is the third. And we all know that inner healing and deliverance have a lot of things connected. But it's also true that often inner healing is sometimes the cause and the need to be healed for physical healing. So we see it is all connected. And Each of those three tracks has four courses, and each course is eight weeks long with a syllabus. So that is the Cadillac, and I don't want to go into too much detail, but there's three levels for it. If you do the first two of all three tracks, you're certified as a practitioner. If you come back and do the other two of one of those tracks, you're certified as a specialist in that area, physical healing, inner healing, or deliverance. But if you do all of them, and then you did well, your reviews are good, and then you do a six-month sabbatical in your own place of residence where you're working in your local church or in the hospital's assistant chaplain or something, you develop people a training um, manual, and you teach it, and then you're reviewed. Then there's a board of review. If you're in the hospital, it would mainly be doctors. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be doing this in church, it would mainly be pastors. And you have to pass that board review like a thesis or doctoral dissertation defense. And if you do, then you're given the master equipper certification. And, Doug, our master equippers are not that many. We have had over 5,000 courses taken by over a couple thousand people. And actually, this is so good this that it's been picked up by three seminaries. It's been at Regent, at United Theological Seminary, Methodist School, and then at our seminary. Global Awakening Theological Seminary that's fully accredited as well uh, for credit. But these certification ones actually sometimes are actually better because the people that are taking them have more experience, more diversity, and they're from all over the world, missionaries and 
doctors and nurses and pastors and greater diversity and more experience usually. So the cross posts are, are more helpful. So that is the Cadillac. And uh, right now we have master equippers that are teaching pastors in the underground church in the Middle East, different countries, uh, in different countries around the world, and uh, are have their own ministry. Because we also created an association of people who have uh, been a part of this, who are part of our uh, healing association, where if you want to know who's been through some of this, you can go online and look it up and look in your area and see who, who is there. And uh, maybe there's more than one that's there in your area. You look and see what training they have and experience in. We just think it's a very important thing. My main desire was, too, for this doing this. One, when people say that you didn't have certification, that's why the insurance companies will pay Reiki and therapeutic touch but wouldn't Christian healing. I wanted to eradicate that basis and say we're, uh, we'll, throw, we'll match this training up against any other healing modality has that is better, actually. And then secondly, I believe that as the churches grow, one of the most important positions we're going to have in the future is someone who has this type of training that comes on staff to be the pastor of equipping and it begins training and teaching on a systemic level across the whole church when people start coming in and taking people through different levels to where that you have this massive army of lay people who've been equipped not only to be on your ministry team, but be assistants and chaplains in the hospitals to be part of the local counseling ministry of the church so that the pastor he himself or herself is not weighed down in uh, doing this, but can be freed up to lead because this very important ministry is being done by the people they've trained. Wow. Now, you've connected this with tracking healing results. Is that correct? We want everyone who goes through it to know about the Global Medical Research Institute, and we're hoping as more and more people know about that. And that, Doug, is not for global awakening. You could be Catholic, Lutheran, Baptist. We don't care. If you prayed in Jesus' name and there was a major healing that's demonstrable for which there is medical evidence before and medical evidence after, and it's very clear by the timing that that prayer was instrumental in the major improvement. We want those types that we can verify to be submitted. And then there's actually people, doctors who are trained to do that, who will then work with the medical records and and follow up. And when we want, uh, if anybody's listening, that is a doctor or nurse, we want to welcome them into this new, you know, like Christian or medical doctors and nurses that are Christian that believe in healing, supernatural healing. And, um, and they'll have their own journal, medical journal, with the peer-reviewed articles in it. So that's what our goal is, to be able to supply more information to the medical community. As a matter of fact, I've been invited by two hospitals to go out and work on training and developing material and videos that can be shown through the hospital system to patients. Then if they desire of their own free will to request someone to come and pray for them as a Christian, uh, that they will have a better understanding of healing and hopefully have more faith. I wanted this to be, this in the hospital, the system we're talking about now, I wanted this to be what the equivalent or the equivalency to Oral Roberts and 
all the major famous healing evangelists in their tents in the 1940s and 50s. Before they had the healing line, the people had to be trained on healing about God's heart and will for healing and take away the rubble, so to speak, the bad teachings, give them a more basis for a better faith for healing. And I said, this would be a modern equivalent of that, equivalency of that. And so that's that's the thing we're going to be working on this year. Wow. I'm so excited because this this really brings healing. It brings it into not just the what you see on, you know, prime time or something. They say, well, you know, these are not, we interviewed the person who got healed at Benny Hinn, but we, you know what I mean? Uh, they discredit it. But now, what I'm hearing now is we're going to bring more credit to the ability, you know, to prove that these are true and equip the people at the same time. Yeah, and one of the things, Doug, is I'm excited about is, is this healing and equipping. But, you know, where I went to school for my doctorate when I was started 59 years old, and I was like 61 when I graduated, uh, I wrote my dissertation or thesis. I wrote it on a study of the effects of Christian prayer on chronic pain and, and uh, range of motion due to a surgically implanted material. And it was a crossover, and I had psychiatrist there. I had a professor from Vanderbilt, a professor from Harvard, former professor from Harvard, advising me. And one of them was actually there, as well as theologians from different schools. And they told me that, you know, this study was a crossover study. One of them told me it could have been done for a a, a medical PhD. Another one, professor at SMU, asked me not to turn it in for a DMIN, that it was a PhD quality, and he'd like for me to submit it with him. And it was a a crossover because it was a study not just on the theological side of healing and the history and all, but an actual study on healing involving 900 and some odd participants and keeping track. And uh, and so I've written about some of that in a new book coming out in May called uh, Eyewitness to Healing, where that's part of the book, as well as a lot of stories of miracles I've seen and healings. And then the second half of the book is why skepticism developed in the West, especially amongst academia, and what God is doing to reverse that now. But in the school I went to, we have now the Randy Clark Scholars, and we've had in, since 2001, 70-some-odd people that's working in a Methodist seminary, the doctoral level, on the Randy Clark Scholars, which is a special group that knows when they go in, it's going to focus highly on the supernatural, on, on gifts, on healing, on uh, continuationism instead of cessationism, and working their thesis. Uh, and so one of them was a person who was a psychologist who went with me to prove the efficacy, the how it benefits people to go on international ministry trips with me. It was a scientific study, before and after results that she did. Another guy did a study on the effectiveness of our school for training people in comparison to other schools throughout uh, North America. And we came in as extremely high praise and results of really producing high-quality people trained to minister in the power of the Spirit. One of the guys who helps in my course, he did his doctoral thesis on the effectiveness of the program that he's now a teacher in. He wasn't at the time, which is what I've been talking to you about, the healing certification program. He actually did his thesis on studying, does this really produce fruit? Does this really bring about an effective means of healing in the people that are taking it? So I don't know of anything that's ever been developed 
of not just Christian healing, of any form of healing across the board of a certification program that's been studied as much as ours has. We are not afraid. I am not a charismatic that is anti-intellectual. I do not think we have to shut the mind off for the heart to be hot. I don't think we have to put our doors so low that we got to cut the brain out when we walk yeah. in. Uh, but neither do am I a charismatic intellectual that believes that all God is concerned about is a two-and-a-half-pound brain float in to the service and sit on the seat and contemplate God. That's why he gave his knees to bow and bodies to prostrate and hands to raise and feet to jump and voices to shout and praise, and as well as the times to be still and know that he's God. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I just am excited about what I'm seeing around the world. Uh, what God is doing in the church, and not just the Pentecostal charismatic, but in the church to bring about a greater openness to the gospel of the kingdom and uh, seeing people touched by the power of God, the power of his gospel, which is the power of his grace. Yeah. Now this is so, and what I love about this is really goes back to the root of a prophetic word you got from a businessman. And yeah. warm goodness. Yes. Wow. Uh, look now. We just look at this and say, wow, it's way beyond even a move that happened in Toronto, way beyond the next level. And now we're looking at, wow, I can see that we're we're actually receiving what you were talking about. We're we're receiving right now that impartation of the filling of the Holy Spirit. And the presence is so strong right now. It was real thick and heaviness. Why don't you pray and activate this in us, Randy? Yeah. I'd love to, Doug. And I, and I want to say to everyone listening, uh, you don't need to try to work up your emotions for God to touch you. But when God touches you, it, it touches all of you and, and affects your emotions. And it may be tears. It may be joy. It may be laughter. It may be a tremendous peace. As I said earlier, I've had both tremendous peace and electricity so powerful, I thought I was going to die. And in between. It may be the revelation of a truth that he just drives home to you from a word that, that solidifies you in faith. But I do believe that the experiences we have increases our understanding of his word. And we see things in the word we may have never seen before or understood before. And increases our faith because it increases our sense of we're hearing his voice. He's communicating to us and coming to us. And he's promised that draw near to those who will draw near to him. I just believe that right now, as I begin to pray, that you're going to receive some, Not maybe not everyone, but many are going to receive an experience of his presence. We've had people read our book, There's More, and get uh, pray the prayer in the back and, and just get blasted by themselves at home. And I remember one person was watching me on television in England, and I was praying a prayer of impartation. She was so touched that she couldn't, talk or move. And her husband came home, was scared, and actually took got an ambulance, took her to the hospital before she could ever say a word. A man who works for me, now I hired him on staff. Before he was on staff, he was watching us on television, and his seven-year-old boy just fell over in the living room and was there and couldn't move for hours. And I remember he told me, the little boy said, Dad, whatever that man's talking about, it jumped out of the television, and it's jumped on me. 
And it's such a profound experience. So I want to pray for you now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every listener. I thank you, Father, for what you did those years ago in 94 to Doug and how that's impacted his life. Thank you that he's now being used to see people touch similarly. I pray for every lay person and every deacon, every elder, every pastor. I pray for he or she. And I ask in Jesus' name, God, for you to come. Holy Spirit, may their hunger and their faith draw on your anointing. I pray they would feel your love, your presence. God, that the passing of the peace is more than a tradition. It's a reality. So I speak and I bless them with the peace of God. I bless them also with just the presence, Lord, that you would fill them afresh. Even they've been filled before. Fill them afresh. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, touch them. The depth of your love. You, Holy Spirit, know it's my heart to see your people receive both your power and your love in these experiences. Power to do something about the compassion that they feel from your love for others. So I pray that they receive both. Compassion without power and power without compassion. Neither is as good as both. Feel them. Love for you and for others. Power. I pray that there be a greater understanding of your ways. I pray, God, that they would say, I got it no more. They do what I did years ago. Lord, I don't care what it costs where I go, but I got to learn. I don't know how to, to move in your presence the way I want to. I realize, though I've been four years of college, three years of seminary, and 14 years of being ordained, I still have so much to learn. So I pray, God, that we would put our pride aside, humble ourselves before you, seek your face, turn from any of our evil ways, believe you, God, that you'd use this revival. I believe, God, that this revival you want to give the church is a revival of a powerful gospel, of deep, strong conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come, but also a revival that's where signs and wonders back up the gospel. Signs and wonders are part of the gospel. Signs and wonders are part of what Jesus died for. So, Lord, we pray for the new covenant to be full, fully manifested in your church with all the energy of God that Paul said we labor with all his energy that works so mightily within us. God, we, we do believe that you make yourself known. One of the ways you make yourself known is through your word, the Bible, through your word, your son, who the Bible reflects, but also through your spirit and what you do. As Jesus said, if you can't believe in me because of what I'm saying or what I've said, then believe in me because of my works. So I pray, God, today as we go to the, to the Jew, the Muslim, the Hindu, the New Ager, the atheist, there'd be signs following what we say. Those who are demonized would be set free. Those who are in need of healing would be healed. And it would cause people to believe the gospel and then to believe in the Bible because they have been touched by the power of the gospel. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Amen. I I got the tissue box out here. The presence is so strong, I'm telling you. 
Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, tell us how to get in touch with you and maybe follow you on the internet, whatever we need to do. Well, our webpage is globalawakening.com. My itinerary is there on that. Soon we'll have on that webpage, we'll have a special webpage for each of my associate evangelists and be able to follow them and the miracles they're seeing as well as myself. A global awakening. I've never wanted it to be just about me. I wanted it to be about what God's doing through others, including me, because of what Jesus did. So that's one way. That's the probably the easiest way. And if anybody wants to get in touch with me to have me come to be a speaker and they're thinking pretty far out, they could reach me through my assistant, Vicki, V-I-C-K-I, at Global Awakening. And they could also CC me at Randy at GlobalAwakening.com. And uh, I'd encourage them. Vicki will follow up for me. And uh, if I can't come, one of my associates will be, all three will be recommended, and you can see some of their preaching. They'll tell you how to see somewhat what they do, so you get some feedback, some recommendations and things. So we want to be a source to equip the church, and it's a lot more than what I can do. And so there is a real multiplication right now. That One of the things we do, our second-year school, we, for about two months, we send out students all over the world, but primarily in the United States, for two months as they go and they do everything I teach, all the major teachings they teach. And so if you'd be interested in having one of those teams come and there, we're having amazing uh, reports of the success in addition to the associates. And it's all be reached at globalawakening.com. And if you want to know how to get my books or DVDs, CDs, how to get other means of communication from us, then you can go to globalawakeningstore.com. Yeah, this is really powerful. I, I just want to thank you, first of all, and all you've sown into my life, my ministry. And you know, there was a period of time several years ago where we went through a bit of a shakeup when God began to call me into this radical you know, outreach, and some churches were a little bit afraid of me. But, but you guys took me in, and I don't know if you know that, but I became one of the uh, prophetic instructors for Global awakening for the school of the supernatural and i actually went to south africa and and it was such a blessing for two years for me and one of my major encounters i was just remembering that really changed the course for me as far as i'm now you know a missionary and i'm reaching into the lgbtq community it happened while i was in a hotel room and i was on the way there to mechanicsburg pennsylvania and it was in the hotel room that day in 2013 that the Lord visited me and an angel came in and changed the course of my ministry and the church didn't like it. But you guys were a blessing to me during that time. And, and uh, I've just really appreciated you. Well, thank you, Doug. I'm so glad for that. I'm so glad that uh, you're doing what you're doing. And uh, as a result of your influence in our school and, and also just some of the radicalness of some of the students that have come, they have continued in they go up to Salem, Massachusetts every year at Halloween and put up their booths and just see so many people get saved and touched and, you know, see the real power of God. And you've had a big influence in that. I thank uh, you for it. I just remember you know, I, I just remembered yeah, that and, it was the school. It was the students at the school. And I had been doing dream interpretation and the prophetic. And then after we realized a billion people had tattoos— I started doing prophetic tattoo interpretation, but it was your school 
that said, will you train us? And I just didn't have anything developed, but I stayed up all night, probably till three in the morning at the hotel. And I developed my very first training on the prophetic tattoo and piercing interpretation and presented it to your students. And I remember they they took it out and was doing the stuff, but it was something that pulled it out of me. Now it's developed into a course, and I'm the tattoo prophet who has no tattoos. But I'm remembering this now. That that anointing that you know pulled that out of me happened there as well. Yeah, these students are so hungry, and they're just really making a big impact. One of our persons that came as a student went to Brazil was so powerfully touched. Katie Lewis's what she developed creativity for the Salvation Army, which is her background. Last year led 28,000 young people to the Lord, and this year they have asked her to train all the Salvation Army, uh, I don't forget what they would be called, centers to do this, all of them east of the Mississippi. Wow. She's a powerful young woman. We have so many that's just being raised up. It's, it's so exciting and seeing what people have done. And a lot of them, you know, Doug, they were first touched. A lot of these young people came to our school was first touched when they went to Youth Power Invasion, which we do every year take about 125 to 150 young people from America, 20, uh, 29 to 13 years old, and give them a chance to, after I leave, I model what for them, we train them, they'll get to preach, teach, and they're the ministry team. And a lot of them that ended up going into ministry were touched on that trip, which, by the way, I forgot to mention, if anyone is interested in going with us in our many trips around the world, to Europe, to Asia, to Mozambique with Heidi, to see her, to, to uh, Brazil, all the different places we go, Guyana, all, lots of places, Nigeria. Just contact our office, 717-796-9866, and there will be a, a prompt. It will say if you want to go on international ministry trips, it will tell you what to hit. Or if they want to be a part of the school, there's another extension to hit. If they want to talk to somebody about, well, I don't know what level of these courses I should take, different places they can talk to about the international ministry trips, about the school, about the uh, online courses, the certification courses, the one-year school, the two-year school. All of that is information that if you listen to the prompts, you'll know which one to hit. 717-796-9866. That's amazing. I just want to say thank you so much. Dr. Randy Clark with Global Awakening, you've been such a blessing to us. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. All right, everybody. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.